Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bald Move Television. We're the officially unofficial podcast for all of television. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. And we are today talking about our first impressions of the new seasons of Punisher and Star Trek Discovery, respectively. I figured what we could do is maybe have um, a little bit of spoiler-free talk about those two shows before we get into the spoilers, just so people um, can have a chance to look at the show notes and see where those discussions are taking place if they want to skip ahead a bit. Okay, um, can I just say my philosophy on spoilers for okay. TV shows like this? Okay. I don't know that you can spoil a television show by talking fully about the first two episodes. That's probably true. I think that's actually like talking about the first 10 minutes of a movie. Okay. And saying, hey, here's the story that they're setting up. Sure. No, I, I think it's defensible. So, defensible. like, I'm not too worried about spoilers, and I might drop some, but it's just a teaser, honestly. All right. Um, so, with that said, what did you think <laughs> of... Actually... I, I can talk in generalities I, I want to talk about... Want. I want to talk about some meta things, because we've been talking about this. We just yeah, got yeah. done recording lunch with Jim and Aaron. We're talking... We talked about this a bit. Netflix really buried the Punisher. I couldn't believe how hard they buried it. Netflix is so over Marvel right now. Yeah. Um, like, as you mentioned, it wasn't like this is a show that we both watched. This mm-hmm. is a show that we've both uh, have positive. I, I feel like that I've probably given it the thumbs up. I have. Yeah. Uh, it was not in my list. It was not in previously watched. It was not in new releases. <laughs> Shockingly. It was not the full page splash treatment or even that little weird interstitial where you've got like those big vertical posters. It I had to search for the Punisher that just got released today mm-hmm. to find it. Netflix is just done. Just done with Marvel. Yeah, it's 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 pretty obvious what's happening here. Like they feel like they got screwed on the Marvel stuff. They don't want to promote anything for Disney and they're just saying, "You know what? Fuck you. We're going to make this, but we're going to bury it." Yeah. And I I guess that how, all... how much marketing was done around it? I saw a trailer because I went and searched it out. Yeah, I like I watched a shit ton of football last week. No I saw no Punisher trailers. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't true of like you know earlier seasons of the punisher or daredevil or any of those shows and it's like i just feels like it's a massive sunk cost because if if you've been living on a rock disney's launching their own streaming service and they're bringing all of that those licenses as they expire they're bringing them to so like you'll exclusively be able to see disney products like marvel movies star wars stuff uh any new releases the classics will only be available on like uh the disney streaming service and from what i hear they're going to entirely jettison the stuff that netflix has done right for the marvel properties yeah so don't look forward to seeing uh charlie cox playing matt murdoch they've already canceled yeah it's it's not yeah don't look forward to the shane from the walking dead as punisher because chances are that's not going to happen no it's a damn shame because like i think the marvel universe has been uneven on whole but individually like season one of daredevil season three of daredevil uh Mm -hmm. season one of the punisher i really liked luke cage i thought there's a good 75 percent of a good season in the first season of jessica jones Mm -hmm. um and it's it's a damn shame like i would love to see Charlie Cox and Tom Holland as Spider-Man and, and Daredevil. Yeah. Doing yeah. street-level crime in, in, in Brooklyn and Hell's Kitchen. And, like, I think that would be... Or see a team, like, a little mini team-up of uh, the Punisher. Like, take them into the big screen. I think they could handle it. It's... I I don't... I don't... I don't know. It sucks. I, I think Disney has a hill to climb with their casting for whoever they get to replace them. Because I'm yes. sure they'll do a Daredevil show. Yeah. I'm sure they'll do a Punisher show. Uh, maybe not. I I don't know what they're maybe gonna they do. With Punisher. Maybe they'll run it's another pretty violent another direction. That's the other thing is like yeah, that's um. Mm. Are they gonna sugarcoat it? Are they gonna have, you know, give it the Disney treatment? 
yeah. uh, essentially. I don't know. But they're going to have a hill to climb on their casting because those guys are so good. Yeah. Like, no, John Bernthal is the best Punisher I've ever seen. And at this point, I can't imagine anyone else playing the Punisher. Were you? Because I I've got a bit of a history of the Punisher. I've been a comic book fan since I've been like five or six years old. But I can clearly remember the day in seventh grade where my friend Tim came into because we'd always bought our our comics from uh, Hook's Pharmacy, which is like the (laughs) before Walgreens had this little wire rack. That was like five comics tall and probably had four, you know, four sides to it. So like you, 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 they could carry 20 different comics and you get to Spider-Man and the X-Men and Superman and Batman and maybe some weird like stuff here in the margins. But my friend had gone to Comic Carnival in the oh, city. Oh, shit. And he came back with Punisher War Journal, I think issue six. And we couldn't believe it. Like there's this <laughs> dude that's like this tearing dudes the bodies apart and there's yeah. like drug use and like just like <laughs> gritty style and it's like the, my first exposure to jim lee's art which is very technical and and heroic and precise and i like instantly like you know uh a 13 year old 13 year old boy with with with, with, with was kind of sheltered suddenly exposed to this world of drugs and and blood-soaked violence uh it it was pretty good now I, I didn't stay a fan of the Punisher like in, in comic book form for very long because he's kind of at that time what pretty one note. Yeah. Um, but I've you know, I've I've seen the Dolph Lundgren's. I've seen the Thomas Jane's uh, and uh, John Bernthal definitely brings like a particular ferocity and a little yeah. bit a sophistication, you know, like uh, it, he's uh, he's a complex guy. He is. Yeah. Um, so I really with, like, with basically one solution to all of his problems, though. Yes. Unfortunately. It. Yeah. Like, like he said, like he says in early goings, like, uh, I, here's what I do. I, I, I get enemies and I kill them before they kill me. Uh huh. And that seems to work pretty well. <laughs> um, so what, what do we think of this? Having said all that, what do we think of this season of the Punisher thus far? We're two episodes in. Yeah. So I, I, I like it. Um, I think it's maybe not as well. It's hard to say because I've seen all of season one. So I, I was going to say it's not as compelling as season one. Maybe it'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but these first two episodes, I really liked everything except for the main villain. Mm. The main villain was doing absolutely nothing for me. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll they'll fill in the gaps a little bit more with that guy, and I'll care. But right. nothing so far. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm. I think that this has been super uneven. Like they they started huh. with a bang, but there was like a thirty minute stretch where the Punisher is just fucking around this bar with this bartender, and they're having this awkward kind of like one night stand. But there's a kid involved. I'm just like, what the fuck am I seeing? Because yeah. they didn't have good chemistry. Like there's like when her and the uh, the Punisher are cuddling, like he's doing this weird thing with his hand. Where yes, he's like pawing her open that hand, too. pawing her, and I'm like, what the fuck? I is-, it, is there a missing scene where he broke all his fingers yeah. and they're now fused at the joints? Like he's, and- he's hover handing her <laughs> after he's really fucked is. her. Yeah, no, it's strange. And it's also kind of weird that like it's it's hard R violence, but soft PG 13 sex. Oh, you know? right, yeah. Um, and I know Netflix doesn't give a shit because they have Nymphomania Part One and Two, so like <laughs> right. you know, they I, that, that's a weird kind of um, sentimentality. Like, oh, I want to make sure my 11 year old can see The Punisher without him asking too many questions about boobs and vagina. Like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But, but no, I, I, as the nine year old says, "Look, mom, we know all about that stuff." Well, I thought We've it was pretty. Seen it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, seriously, yeah. There was a nine year old yeah. said, "Yeah, I've seen porn, and who cares?" And all that. Uh, I 
I thought it was really uneven because, but then like there's this fucking bar fight. That's a 15 minute part of episode one that yeah. if you like insane ultra violence and I do, it's up there with any kind of brutal fight you've ever seen. Um, so I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm not feeling the main villain. Um, but I also really like, uh, you know what they're, they're doing. I guess we need to get into the spoiler section to get to, to to give my real full thoughts on it. But I I'm I don't know I'm uh, I'm nervous. The I will say that because the other thing that makes me nervous is this is another 13 episode Netflix uh, Marvel series, mm, which yeah. I've yet to see one except for maybe maybe uh, Daredevil season three where they didn't feel like there was two or three episodes of padding. You know, it would be amazing if Netflix just said the full fuck you to Disney uh-huh. and just made this a shit show toward the end. Oh, really? Just like, like, like damage the property. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like made people really hate the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be amazing. So do you want to talk us like meta stuff about the Punisher? Maybe we should save this for next week because we're going to try to give a look at the the whole series next week. Um, uh-huh. I did see that it seemed like one of the goals of the production is like in the last few years since the Punisher has kind of been revitalized, uh, he has been adopted. It's been a lot. You see lots of Punisher skull logos. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I'm also and, and that's fine. Uh, I've actually got a Punisher hat myself, but I, I know I told a story on the podcast before, but I was took my son to uh, see a movie and there was a police officer passing out posters like you know he's there providing security and whatnot and he had his sleeves rolled up and on his gun arm he has like a full uh full forearm length punisher skull tattoo yeah and i've seen punisher skull decals on a, uh, at least one police car in a uh, a a neighborhood that i that, that i reside in and i see a lot of those um like thin blue line punisher logo flags i do not like the association with punisher with military and law enforcement and yeah, i sure. I, I feel like that should like if you rock that patch or that tattoo or that thing that should be like you should be disciplined for that because what the f- i mean have you seen the punisher yeah no the the philosophies uh are not to be followed in real society right yeah, like I would feel better. I would kind of be skeeved out if uh, cops were running around with Batman logos. Honestly, like any kind of vigilante, extrajudicial, like the whole. I, I just, I it, it makes me uncomfortable. And I know that, like I, I saw interviews with John Bernthal and some of the producers where they're like, "We don't like this either." And one of the themes of this season is rejecting some of those philosophies. Okay, I'm interested um, to see how they do that because, because so far those first I, two episodes are pretty much the glorification of, of the ultraviolence. Yeah, uh, the vigilante justice, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, oh, they do have one cop in there who kind of puts up a small defense, like, "Yeah, look, the, you, they, this is a vigilante action. This sure. is extra ju- judicial. None of this is allowed in society." Right. That's why I was kind of honestly what I want to hear from our legal authorities. Right. But the problem is that the main character, the protagonist of this story, yeah. who kind of is in the right here, right? All he's doing is trying to protect this mm-hmm. this girl who got mm-hmm. mixed up in something bigger than her. Right. Uh, for what reasons, we don't know yet. But, I mean, he he is... A lot of this is self-defense. Mm-hmm. Or, or at least defense of the the less powerful i i understand the sentiment of like 
the Punisher not being necessarily a bad guy, but the right. actions he's taking are inherently bad. Right. But he's also a criminal. Like he's hunted like police, like arrest on site. Like you, I, I'm fine with the vigilante. I, I'm not fine with vigilante society. Is he, I thought at the, I thought the the conclusion of season one, kind of his record was like pretty clean. Well, no, he but just he is right use... now standing. He's in jail for the charge of four murder counts. Like, oh yeah, right now. Yeah, it's not like the cops. But those are like, new. Well, I thought you meant from okay. Last no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. but that was because the government, you know, had fucked up and they helped him clean up his record right. and all that they kind of stuff. Him and they they said, okay, yeah, we fucked you here. Yeah, have your life back. Yeah, I just like I just I don't I just I can't see I don't understand why that's officially allowed to 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 espouse vigilante, uh, even like fictional or not entirely serious takes on vigilante. If you're a, mm-hmm. a public official, it seems it seems like something they shouldn't do and. If they are taking a stand against that um, and kind of rebuking some of that, I I would like to, to see that happen. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious to see uh, how it goes from here. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's kind of uneven. Uh, the villain's not fully established. I'm not sure about the dynamic between Frank and the the, the young girl he's protecting. Um, hmm. I don't know. I I didn't have much of a problem with any of that aside from the villain. Hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I was enjoying what I was watching. I guess we're just going to get just going to just talk about it. Here's another thing. Um, so his friend Billy from last season that got cheese grated in his face. Yeah, uh, they're clearly they're clearly building him in to be a villain. And I've read the <laughs> I know the uh, Punisher and his mythos, so I know exactly where they're going with it. Okay, that mask they got him in. What the fuck? I, I don't understand where it came from. Like that should be just a like. If you put a disfigured patient in some kind of healing mask, it should be like surgical white, or maybe Billy has has, has decorated it himself. That's but like, what I'm thinking, but, but it doesn't. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I, he's insane from all the things that's happened to him. I don't think it's an act. Um, uh-huh. But I, I just it, every time I see him, it's so fucking ridiculous that like he's wearing. It'd be like if he's wearing a Bane mask or some like yeah. you know, or like a Punisher logo. It's like, what the hell is going on here? And he starts the series or this season in a straitjacket. Yeah. Like in a hospital bed. So I don't know how he would have been able to decorate it himself. Right. So I'm assuming the hospital, the people working in the hospital put that on him. But it's all weird. But and why creepy. would they have it? Yeah. And, uh, why yeah. would they make it fucked up like that? It, it makes zero sense. I was hoping within those first two episodes they would fill in some of the blanks there. They just don't. They don't. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll get to it, but like, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to think of how uh, they would do that and make it be cool. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing is, like, there's a big scene where the the FBI agent, I think, is who she is. She's like, you know, her supervisor sounds like, look, if you keep on carrying on the way you are, you're going to fuck up any chance we have to put this guy away. And she just doesn't give a shit. Like, uh-huh. I don't. I'm not quite. I mean, I, I She's, get it's too personal for her. Yeah. Well, you know, then. <sighs> How about this? Then you're fired. Right. And we're putting guards on him. Right. And you won't be allowed in. Yeah. Why not? I mean, just let her go in there with a gun and shoot him in the fucking head and, <laughs> and get a Punisher tattoo and let's give him all badges and fuck right. it. Let's we, we could save so much money getting rid of the judges and lawyers and just judge dread everything. What the yeah. hell? I don't know, there's a little bit of world building that I'm not I'm, I it doesn't feel as consistent because they've done it. I think that's one of the masterful things that that uh, 
uh, Netflix has done is they've adapted villain costumes and made them not look ridiculous for the most part. Yeah. Like it's like uh, I mean, they even got uh, Luke Cage's classic ridiculous looking costume that they had him breaking out of an institution. So it's kind of like, OK, this this looked and it's just only for like a scene or two just as like a wink to the fans. But mm-hmm. this is uh, I. <laughs> I don't know. You're really, really lampshading the fact that this guy is bad news and he's going to be a significant figure in the season to come. But um, yeah, I mean, I kind of expect it. Like if he gets any semblance of his memory back at all. Yeah, uh, he was a bad guy in the first season. So Uh, there's also I think I thought that some of the fights are brutal, not just because of the choreography, but like. Like. There, this is uh, this is um, Frank Castle. Like his assailants are about a fifty-fifty mix, men and women. Yeah, oh, right, right. And he's just hammering. And 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 the thing is, like, I think it's cool because, like, um, at first I'm like, well, I see what they're going, but like, it does still see when you see this guy just like stab or shoot or Mm -hmm. punch these women. It does feel extra brutal. But there's a clever thing they did where they introduced this bouncer guy. Yeah. And he there, there's this like this dude that's like, I don't know, a couple inches bigger and maybe heavier than Frank that picks on this bartender and Frank's about to square off. And then the bartender just rolls him up into a ball of nope <laughs> and slams him against the bar t- and like just, yeah. just just crushes this like large, powerful man. And then later on with these like knife welding assassin women just tear this guy to pieces was yeah. one of them. And yeah. you're like, OK, this like, yeah, these 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 women aren't fucking around. Like if yeah. you. If you if you if if you show them any kind of chivalry, they'll they'll spill your guts in front of them. <laughs> right. I mean, when someone is trying to kill you, it doesn't matter who they are. Right. Right. It's dead. This isn't like a woman drunk slapping you in a bar and you just yeah. using it as an excuse to haymaker. This is like a, a man fighting fighting multiple assailants. Half of them happen to be women with knives and just trying to clean house. Yeah. But yeah, that's one of the better action. Like it's it's a different type of action than Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 fast. It's brutal. I liked the 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 knife work because I very rarely seen him do like hand to hand combat. Yeah, really. I mean, the difference I see between like Daredevil and the Punisher when it comes to hand to hand combat is Daredevil is so much more like fluid and acrobatic and he can kind of move in ways that Frank doesn't. Right. Frank is is more of like the, you know, the warrior who goes in Mm. and just takes some punishment. Yeah in order to dish out a bunch of his own. Right. And Daredevil does, you know, he's obviously got some moral, um, you know, things stopping him from killing. Whereas of course, Frank doesn't, uh, Uh, I saw a real, I saw a write up in, um, I can't remember where someplace on Reddit where a guy analyzed the stunt work on Daredevil. And I always knew it was good, but he's like pointed out some things where like, you know, Matt's got a lot of different disciplines. Like, you know, he's got like Krav Maga and Jiu-Jitsu, mm-hmm. but like he says, you pay attention in his fights the 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 more tired and desperate he gets, he tends to go back to boxing, like basic boxing. Huh. Cause that's to kind of like stamina. Well, and plus or... that's his, like, that's his home base. Ah, okay. Like he's doing like just fancy kicks, but like when, when, when he's what his dad taught him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I thought it's like, it, and I see little, th- there's a lot of, a lot of intention in the fight chore- for choreography uh, in the Punisher and the Daredevil, and it's some mm-hmm. of the like kind of like next level work they're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I still two episodes in don't know what the plot is. There's a there's this. I don't either. They keep it remarkably hidden. Like, there, the, there's film canisters. Yeah, there's, there's a backpack and there's full pictures, of stuff. and there's this this religious fanatic that like uh, doesn't mind killing people but can't stand swears in his presence. He reminds me a lot right. of uh, the big bad from Banshee. 
uh, the, pr- yeah, the Proctor huh? Kai kind of guy. Yeah, um, he's got the hat. Yeah, yeah, he's got a little preacher hat. Um, I don't know what his deal is or how he's mm-hmm. mixed up with any of this stuff, but and it's also like um, the other thing that kind of annoyed me, other than Frank, you know, uh, hover handing this woman he's just had sex with, is <laughs> why in the world is she protecting him? Like, this is a guy who kind of seemed like bad news, and, like, the whole time they're doing this one-night stand, it's kind of like the whole time she's like, this is against my better judgment. And there's just red flag after red flag. And uh, he, and Frank's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a bad dude, and I've done some bad stuff, but uh, I promise you I won't bring any of this to your door. And But I can't next promise day, that I'm not an asshole. <laughs> next day, literally, he's bringing it to her front door. <laughs> he really and is. she gets shot. She's in a hospital. And then when this uh, mysterious dude comes and threatens her and says all accurate information, like, there's no reason you should protect this guy. There's maximum reason you should fear me. Mm-hmm. And she, for some reason... I I don't I don't understand I don't buy the relationship. They, this needed like four or five episodes to develop, and they just didn't have time. Yeah, I agree with with that. Um, there's not enough chemistry for me to just to buy it as like a on site type of thing either. Right. <laughs> Mostly because John Bernthal's really awkward lovemaking and and <laughs> pillow talk. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where they go because clearly this is not the end of her portion of the story. Huh. I mean, yeah. you don't you don't throw right. it at, that card in her lap and then. She just disappears and the kids are fine and right, everything. So right. I, I don't know if they'll maybe develop that more, but you're right. It was a little stilted uh, trying to figure out why she would protect him so hard. A little surprised Microchip hasn't uh, been yeah. in this season. I'm sure he'll show up eventually, but like I thought he would be a much bigger part of... Of course, I guess the, this whole story is like, you know, the Punisher's kind of on, just on the run, living his life as yeah. Pete mm-hmm. and trying to stay out of trouble. So <laughs> Pete... Castellano, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Uh-huh. Why? Because it, it's so close to Castle. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't <laughs> I mean it's two it syllables away, and and it simply just added on syllables. <laughs> Castellano. Yeah, yeah. But Pete, that's it's, it's like imagine if he's like he's, <laughs> right. imagine if he's a Pete, it'd be ridiculous, the, right? The closest possible name he could come up with to Frank. Uh huh. Pete. Pete is like one step away from Frank. Because Francis Castiliano. Then, then you got right. you, you got you got a real problem. That'd be too much. Uh. Okay. So we'll see. Like to me, this this is going to live or die based on how much uh, relationship can be established between Frank and the two women that he's mixed up with, and the mm-hmm. what I think is two villains. And they just really haven't developed that yet. So this could be as good as the first season, which I thought was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty polite, taught, taught like political thriller, had a lot of like, cool geopolitics stuff, a lot of like mysterious government shit going on, a uh, really good twist on the, you know, his buddy who turned out to be the villain. Uh, I'm I'm curious if they can get to that, that those heights in this uh, season too. Uh, shall we talk about Star Trek Disco? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, before we get uh, further into discussion, I just want to talk about what's going on here at Bald Move. We are back in production with True Detective Season 3. We saw the first two episodes this week. Had full coverage of them. Uh, Pretty good season. If you liked Season 1, it's more of a return to that kind of form. Uh, That's over on the the World We Deserve feed on baldmove.com. We also... uh, we're going to be talking about the you know Punisher and Star Trek here next week. We're going to be wrapping up Punisher season two, as well as considering the documentary on Netflix Fry as well or Fry Fire about the Lord of the Flies style luxury music festival 
that Ja Rule put on a couple years ago that ended in massive hysteria and, and failure. Um, I'm looking forward to that, as well as the science fiction film Io, original Netflix movie. This week we saw the movie Glass in theaters. Next week we're going to be kind of catching up and seeing the movie Aquaman. Uh, don't also forget that we're doing the Baldies. This is our annual award show where we talk about the best stuff that uh, you know we saw here in Bald Move. And you can be a part of that if you go to baldies.baldmove.com. You can nominate your uh, series and uh, for, for like comedy and drama and uh, biggest miss. A couple other categories you can get to the nomination phase, and like in a week or so we'll be doing the voting phase. And then the Baldies will be releasing. Uh, January 30th or 31st. I'm not sure which. I think it's the 30th is what we're uh, shooting for. Uh, we also, uh, coming up really soon on Saturday, February 9th uh, at midnight, that's a Saturday, we're going to be doing a Star Wars charity marathon. We're going to watch every Star Wars movie in chronological order. We're going to be raising money for the National Alliance in Homelessness. Uh, we did this last year. We raised over $10,000. And it's going to be on twitch.tv slash bald move. We're going to stream the whole thing live and you can, you can tune in and watch as much or as little as you want. Uh, but I want to make people aware of that we'll have a, like a, a, like a launch page or a landing page with more information next week. You can also tune into the forums, forums.baldmove.com for more information. And that's what's going on at baldmove.com. Hey, before we go much further, I want to remind everybody that we are largely a listener-supported network here. It's just me me and Jim, and we rely on the generosity of our uh, listeners who see the value in our independent podcasts. You can join the club, which is the primary way to support us, at club.baldmove.com, where for a low price, you get a ton of extra features, expanded coverage, uh, video versions of podcasts, ad-free versions of podcasts, VIP access to the forums, uh, spoiler-filled bald movie reviews, extra content like Lunch with Jim and Aaron, uh, video game playthroughs, tons of stuff. You can test drive a lot of that stuff for free by going to club.baldmove.com. That page, as well as the pitch, has samples of all this content. And you can try it risk-free for 30 days just by going to club.baldmove.com. Okay, so we've seen the first episode. I have seen like the first half of season one. I stopped watching and I I jumped into this one and holy shit that I have a lot. There's a robot. There's a robot lady that's like third in command of this fucking sh- Where did she come from? The the helmsman? Is that? No, the like there's a full on robot lady. Oh, yeah. yeah Her name's yeah. like Alaria or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. She is not much of a part of season one. She's lieutenant commander. Yeah, she's, she's she is not much of a part of season one. That's wild. Is she it, is she it, in her, season one? Uh. I want to say she was in season one, but the fact that I have a hard time remembering her and I just watched season one tells mm. me that she wasn't in it much, mm. if at all. That'd be wild to be like if like Spock or Data was completely undeveloped in season one of their respective Star Treks, because that's kind of the position yeah. she's in. No, th- there's a scene in this first episode where uh, Pike has to get up to speed with mm. the, the bridge crew. Right. And he goes around and we, we as an audience get all of the names of the unnamed crew. Yeah. yeah, yeah bridge yeah, yeah. crew that we didn't fucking know before because right. they didn't care. Like season one is all about, uh, my Michael burn. It's not Bernthal. Michael Ironside, Jeremy Bur- Irons. Bur- or, no, not Jerry. Burnham. Uh, thank you. Oh, uh, Michael Burnham. And her essential, essentially oh, her relationship oh, yes, yes. with uh, her former captain and the new captain. Who's Jason Isaacs, right? Right. 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 And I, so I saw the pre, the last season on. Yeah. 
Michelle Yeoh was an evil negative universe version. How much? No, t- no. So close. The the Jason Isaacs captain was an evil negative universe guy who was trying to get trying to get back to his universe uh, and using, and using the, the discovery to drive, do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the evil. Uh, fuck, I can't think of her name. She she has a name. That captain mm-hmm. has a name. Mm-hmm. Uh. But she died the in the evil first former episode. Captain, right. She dies in the first episode. And, and she, when was she they evil get, too? W- no, she was oh, good. Okay. But when they get to the, the Negaverse, uh-huh. it's it's another dimension or whatever, they, then she comes back with him, uh-huh. or, or Michael forces her back, uh-huh. and now she's kind of like... I, I don't know what role she's going to play in season two. Mm-hmm. Where they left it is she's kind of doing her own thing. Hmm. It seems like they're because uh, they, they had a, th- this season on and it seems uh, like she's going to be broadly one of the antagonists. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, she's not of this world very literally. And and she seems to have an evil agenda. Huh. Or a very selfish agenda at, at best. Yeah. I was unprepared for how J.J. Abrams is Star Trek. I didn't like I think maybe it's because the start the Klingons were so bizarre or but this season, especially this episode is just so fucking uh, and I'm not entirely in a good way like that mm-hmm. curly redheaded. Oh, I can't. She's the her. worst. Yeah. She's the, the most worst. of the comedy in this show doesn't work for me. And like, that's a kind of a Star Trek thing, because I think broadly speaking, like, like Wesley Crusher was supposed to be a little bit comic relief and it just kind of reads as annoying. I mean, Barkley was Barclay kind of that kind way of, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, so maybe you've got this awkward that can't stop talking and she's supposed to be adorable. But, but then like, you have examples like McCoy and Data where like it very much does work. Sure. The comedy is great because of the, you the established relationships. It. You don't have to fucking script. Like you, you yeah. have these interesting characters in different situations and the humor will, will find it, you know? Yeah. I've, I've never liked i think it's tilly is her name never liked her uh i, I really like saru still i think he's saru great. is amazing so that's the guy who like plays all the lanky aliens and everything like he played the uh, uh, doug jones right he played the uh like he's played a lot of stuff in james wan like the the slender man or whatever his name was the crooked man uh-huh. and he's like the fish man abe sapien from hellboy and he I I do love that there are truly alien aliens serving yes. on the Discovery. Yeah, that elevator scene it's, is is creepy. Like it, just the blinking, I, it's creepy. It's so distracting. <sighs> this is my problem with it, though. Like that was a great scene. I was engrossed, and then they have the fish man sneeze I on know. a dude, and I'm like, I know. what the fuck? That's a, the perfect example of comedy that doesn't work. No, and like it was just kind of cool that he was just there and yeah. in the foreground looking. And I love that. What'd you say his name was? The commander Saru. Saru. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's like got hooves. Like, yeah. I don't understand how he's walking around the way they've got his costume. And he looks like he's nine feet tall. Uh-huh. And he's got those like weird things that shoot out of the back of his head and you get stressed out. Like, I, I do like the, you know, these aren't just Vulcans. They're not just like Klingons that have uh, some prosthetics glued on their forehead. These guys spend a lot of time in a makeup chair. <laughs> oh, I mean, Star Trek has never looked better than this oh, show. Oh, yeah. yeah. From, from the aliens to the special effects to the planets and the ships and everything looks gorgeous i just think that sometimes they get in their own way yeah uh, and they don't tell quite a star trek enough story for me and i there's so much i liked about this like it's a little fan servicey but captain pike showing up in the original enterprise yeah really cool and they like really bait you into thinking you're going to get to see spock right. and there's a little bit of like okay so I guess it makes they established that she was the adopted son of Sarek and his wife from mm-hmm. season one. 
And so I guess it would make sense that she knows Spock and they grew up as brother and sister. Yeah. And I kind of like was a little bit interested in that, but um, it just leads to some weird stuff where she goes to the Enterprise and goes through Spock's private things and I reads his diary how, and shit. How she gets into his personal log? What is yeah, the point does, of a personal does log? Spock if not secure that with some kind of weird ass long Vulcan password. It it, it seemed remarkable to me that she could get access to that yeah that it would be cool thing to do and that like spock would allow it um and the central mystery i don't think they developed well enough to like really hook me like that there's these seven red pulsar things that are somehow communicating but it has something to do with this vision of a red angel she saw um yeah which is disturbing spock yeah, that she he's got and this something that maybe was even something that he experienced as a child. They're they're so, uh, hinting at. Yeah, so I think the the thing that's happening there is she saw that red angel, which is a product of these red orbs or whatever mm-hmm. whatever they established at the beginning. And Spock independently had been having these visions, mm-hmm. and then she goes to his things through through his log and finds out that he's been having these visions and makes that connection. So now she can go to him and say, I. I understand what you're seeing, even though you don't. Mm-hmm. Let's go solve this together. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, there's going to be the tension of the brother and sister who never really liked each other mm-hmm. or or the, the brother who never liked her and the sister who felt like, well, God damn it. Why does my brother like me? Do you think we'll actually meet Spock? Yes, I, oh. I've seen the preview, so I know we will. Oh, he's the shaggy Vulcan. Oh, yeah. OK, because like it sounded like they got Zachary Quinto to do the voice. I don't think so. OK. All right, because I, I kind of was just starting to think that maybe he did that for a because he's not above like slumming on American Horror Story even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he'll, he'll do huh. some like genre shit. And like I can see he's like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'll do a voiceover for you. Why not? Uh, Star Trek's yeah. been good to me. But, huh, I, I, I would be surprised if they got I mean, I guess I wouldn't be even su- surprised if they got him for an episode or two. But he's it's definitely not Quinto, huh? It doesn't look like him, although he has a big beard. So I don't know. That's tough because. Boy, between uh, Nimoy and Quinto, those are some iconic Spocks. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty, like, honestly, the, they, you say what you will about the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, uh, they did crush the casting. Oh, yeah. And I honestly, I thought that this Christopher Pike was well cast, it's, too. I think he's great. Yeah. yeah, he's like a lot like the Bruce uh, Greenbrier, Greenwood, Greenwald. He is, like the Pike from the movies, yeah. He's like, but he's also, like, who was a was a better version of the TV Christopher, you know, the original pilot Star Trek, Christopher Pike. I, I couldn't help but think while I was looking at this version of Christopher Pike that Timothy Oliphant would actually play a really good he would. version of Christopher Pike. Yeah. Yeah. He would have brought even a slight bit more charm than this guy does to yeah. it. I wouldn't mind seeing and him as a James T, like a, this era James T. Kirk either. Oh, shit. He's got... He'd have to put on some weight. Yeah, he would. He'd have to, <laughs> he'd have to like, you know how uh, Shatner strapped it down? He'd have to strap it up. it up. He'd have to strap the gut up instead of strapping it down. What's he strapping up at that point? I don't even know. <laughs> but... Um, I did want to talk real quick about that elevator scene and some of the kind of uh, Yeah, I want to talk about stuff beats. that annoyed me. So, so there's the sneeze, right, that, uh-huh. that kind of breaks breaks the illusion there because i really love when they walk into that elevator mm-hmm. and they see this freaky looking alien yeah. thing that nobody reacts that way right? right like this is a crew member this yeah michael's like doing oh you don't job. look so good and he's like growls something out he's like oh yeah that's been going around right great world building these are just like 
beings interacting with each other in completely normal ways, even though they look all weird, and then they go and they fuck As it up. As you would with expect this... the Federation of Planets to, to it, be. Exactly. You know? But they fuck it up with the, the sneeze at the end. In a moment of comedy that that scene doesn't need, I was more impressed by the world building yeah. they were doing. I didn't need an interjection of comedy. Like, there. does this 23rd century amphibian man not know how diseases are spread? Right. Like, wouldn't that be or, seen or as massively social, rude? Yeah. The social mores around that stuff? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know that sneezing in the second in commands. Oh, actually, it's not. He's he's not, is he? That the guy who blows nah, up in this just, episode. Yeah, he's just there to like to not be Spock and to be yeah to to be a shitty blue shirt red shirt that can can, there can was die a, screaming because he's stupid. Th- there was a pretty good joke about that too. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, uh, where where they're all suiting up or they're they're choosing people who are going on this mm. foolish mission to the asteroid. The, yeah. And and Pike tells the red shirt like put on your put on your red suit or whatever or uh, get your get your red shirt into a suit you're coming with us yeah yeah and then the blue shirt guy dies yeah which, that that was okay I the other thing I liked is I I like the old looking new uniforms uh huh and I was kind of shocked too because I thought that maybe everyone would start wearing those as a continuity thing because they mentioned like oh yeah you guys got the new uniforms already. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's weird because the Enterprise has been on a five-year miss- mission out to the armpit of the galaxy. So much that they couldn't even come back for the war, even if they wanted to. Did I misunderstand that? Are they wearing the old uniforms and the, the discoveries the new uniforms? I Probably. thought they said the opposite. but You, you must have because okay. it doesn't make any sense. Otherwise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Because um, I was like, I was actually kind of excited to see everyone get these new style like uniforms. I thought they looked sweet. Yeah. Like they're throwbacks to the classic velour bullshit, but they mm-hmm. look modern and cool. Uh, not a fan of the Power Rangers armor that they put on to go pod racing. Not a fan uh-huh. of the pod racing in nope. general. Definitely not. I don't uh, understand the purpose of the spinning back end. Well, yes. Uh, Why is this thing spinning so goddamn much? I don't know. It seems like a part that would just need maintenance all the time. Why does it sound like a poorly tuned go-kart? <laughs> it shouldn't have really any sound. Yeah, no, It's a, this is this is the worst of the J.J. Abrafication. Like, is, just throwing yeah. a pointless action scene... Like, you know, all this drama would have been avoided if they fucking wear spacesuits. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. You have some nanotechnology, like, but like, and maybe you wear that. Maybe all away teams go down there because you never know. But if you're going into an asteroid field at breakneck speed, fucking wear a spacesuit, man. Because <laughs> you know what won't I'll, jam? I'll agree with that. Your, 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 your fancy molecular helmet won't jam if you've already got it securely fastened to your fucking face absolutely uh the the other thing that i don't understand about that scene is they are prepared to eject their captain into the void of space the vacuum of space without his helmet on yeah and they think that somehow they're going to save him by doing this look (laughs) he has fucking told you his helmet has malfunctioned it won't close yeah and you're on the countdown to shoving him into space i thought they're gonna do that that thing where like in actuality a human can survive but then they crash land on the planet like and then his helmet just miraculously works right before he bails out like no explanation he he would have been dead had they gone ahead with their plan no i mean certainly like oh yeah yeah there's no atmosphere on on this this asteroid right they have to get into the the fucking chamber the the emergency chamber before they take their helmets off Hmm. so they would have been exposed to the vacuum of space permanently for all they knew huh I thought they, they mentioned they that the, the asteroid the did have an atmosphere, and they mentioned how improbable that was because it didn't have large enough gravity to maintain it, but it did, in fact, have an atmosphere. So, like, if you could get him to it in time... Uh, 
I remember there being a light where, 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 so, where the blue but, shirt, red shirt guy said, oh, that's impossible. It's not large enough to have a gravity that would sustain an atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And, they, they did say something like that. But of course, <laughs> so that's fucked up too, right? Because, right. You, okay, you're going to tell me that you look at that and you say not enough mass to have a gravity field right. around it that's of any strength. And then 10 minutes later, you produce artificial gravity with your gravity right. thing. And this like, is an unknown thing they're investigating. Like, it's like, yeah, like, open your mind, you, asshole. I know you understand the concept yeah, yeah. of artificial not needing gra- enough mass yeah, 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 in order to right. produce gravity because you fucking yeah. do it on a day-to-day basis yeah. on your ship. Yeah, what is the inner- fuck? Inertial dampener fields and gravity generators and all that stuff. I, I feel like there, there was a, a bit of writing that could have been done better here. Also... It's really cringy that these bridge crew are calling out distances in feet. This is 20... Like, it's embarrassing yeah. that as an American, I don't know metric system uh, in the 21st century. If, 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 if that's, although that's the most American thing ever, if we join the United Federation of Planets and, and make Starfleet go from, like, a scientific <laughs> measuring unit to feet. Well, that's the thing. I was wondering, like, how... How many miles in a gallon does the Enterprise get? I, I know a fair bit about Star Trek, but I uh-huh. couldn't actually tell you what country the federation was first started Ted in Gordon like in san francisco in. that is true so that is true probably uh so probably a good chance it started in america which would mean but you know that's the other thing is feet. like i think roddenberry that's probably not a roddenberry thing because roddenberry wanted like every nation to be right re- like he had a russian he had an asian man he had a african woman he had a vulcan he yeah. had a scotsman he, had, he he tried to like show that like oh no 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 earth is like one kind of united thing and they do call out meters they say like how close was that when they when they jump they into really? the gravity into the gravity well of this thing? Yeah, and they're like seven hundred meters because they said like there's two thousand feet before impact and it'll happen in twenty <laughs> seconds. What the fuck? Also, that's less than sixty miles an hour. Oh, really? Like I feel okay, like well that that's that actually makes a lot more sense then because I thought they were traveling way faster. Yeah, through the asteroid field, and then they hit maximum thrust. Sounds like well they'll be torn apart. Right, but, but yeah, they, they were sense. still only going like sixty miles an hour, which like huh, okay. the scales seemed a little fucked on that. But uh, and there's also, um, you know, this is the same thing I had a problem with like Battlestar. Like this lady who I really quite like, the chief engineer who's been the medical officer for you know for for the whole time that this uh, medical frigate's been stranded in this thing. Uh-huh. Why did they have like look tell me she's been stranded there for 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 70 for however like she was they got stranded like six minutes before the war ended and it's been like less three days tell me it's been three weeks don't tell me that she's been there for ten and a half months with some dude's brain hanging out of his skin like (laughs) like hey man it's Star Trek. They got they got the hypo sprays. They got the fucking tricorders. I mean, she's got these guys triaged for ten and a half months. Mm-hmm. What? I just it's just like a what? It's why? Why do you have to make it that fucking crazy? I yeah, don't you know. would think if she has the tech to keep them alive with their brains hanging out, she could fix. She probably fix them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe there'll be a couple like where she's got a guy stabilized because his heart's in a you know a tank or whatever but like the guy that's i mean brain... she's grafting on alien right alien parts yes. onto these people like this guy's brain would either leak out or he would have stabilized it's yeah. not because she's still like yeah. doing open brain surgery on him and it's, <laughs> i just don't know i liked her character but like they saddle her with this shit that's just like i there's immediately my suspension of disbelief which had been bruised a bit with all this fucking pod racing through asteroid bits like yeah. it just came crashing and never never quite got back um I do really like uh, uh, Sonequa Martin Green, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Sasha from The Walking Dead. Michael in the show, she's really good. She's serious, she's funny. 
Uh, she's like one of the few that they give her a funny dialogue and it kind of works. Yeah. Um, she's no, Michael's pretty, awesome. Um, a lot better of an anchor of the series that I thought she would be when I first, when I first saw her. I, I really like the guy who used to be the chief engineer. I don't know what the fuck he is now. Um, he's like he's quitting. His lover got killed last yeah. season. I'm guessing. Yeah. It does. It does seem like that maybe he won't quit. The lure of the right. new, the, the whatever the blue proto molecule cube is going to. <laughs> right. What do you think about the <laughs> the discovery being essentially like a pickup truck, like? It like just opens up its tailgate and uh, slams this asteroid asteroid. home. I was thinking maybe match speed a little bit better. Yeah, instead of having this thing crash in at sixty miles an hour, yeah, maybe like a a couple meters per second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they also like they they had this thing where it looks like it was just going to just fuck the discovery up its cargo bay, (laughs) and then they like it's actually much smaller than you think, and they kind of lampshade it. I thought yeah. that was like if that was the that's a joke that I thought was pretty good and droll and they could get away with and if that was the best attempt at humor mm-hmm. it would have been a much better episode. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at some of the the tech that they have and going, hmm, why didn't the original series, other than simply a lack of of '60s imagination on Gene Roddenberry's part, have some of this tech like, like the the dots that you can stick to your head, which are essentially VR, essentially oh, yeah, yeah, portable yeah. holodecks, almost. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. Like, where where was that tech hiding in so, the Enterprise? Because according to this timeline, Enterprise comes back, gets entirely retrofitted. I assume. Yeah, and this is before, and then goes back out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is before because one of the things they with the new movies is they said uh, they essentially ripped time and space and we're on an alternate timeline. But Discovery takes place before then, right? I think so. Yeah. Or it's in a completely different universe. Period. It, it seems to take place before Kirk is the captain of the, the captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, so, so it would like, have to. None of those movies seem like they're canon because, well, no, Spock was a he was a instructor. So I guess this maybe, but it's well before that timeline. So yeah, like because uh-huh. because like, there's a lot of people hand wave. Well, it's a different timeline. This is a more militarized Star Trek. They have a little bit more advanced technology as a result of that. So blah blah blah. Um, I guess maybe the but but. The the Federation did go to a war with the Klingons. Like that's pretty canon. Like I, you, you're right. They mm-hmm. shouldn't. I wish they'd do a better job constraining themselves to technology they had in the '60s show. Yeah, I'd be fine can, with that. It can look better, and I'll accept like pods. But like that, that like you know, you're right. Like why was the holodeck be so fucking impressive mm-hmm. if you had this like ultra realistic VR technology? Just the fact that you can move it, you don't have to wear the dots, or that you can physically interact with yeah, it. Maybe like, you can push on things. And yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I don't know. Live out. I guess. Your yeah. I guess that disgusting is disgusting fantasies in it. So I guess that is a pretty pretty big leap. There would make people be impressed by it. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they don't even use that tech in the old the original series. No. No. They you think it'd be useful, right? Yeah. Um. All right. What else? I mean, I. I, I mean, ultimately, I think it's a fine Star Trek. It's not. <laughs> Not nearly as bad as the shit show yeah, of Enterprise. You, you can't put rose-colored glasses and think that Star Trek was... You can't, like, judge this by, like, season three through, f- what, five, six, seven episodes of TNG? You can't, you can't mm-hmm. like, judge this by the Dominion War arc of Deep right. Space Nine. Although I will say I was disappointed that they ended the Klingon War so quickly. Huh. I, I honestly was hoping it would be more of a DS9, at least, like, a couple, three, maybe the whole run? I don't... I honestly, I I'm the opposite. I'm really done with Dark Trek, uh, Grim Dark Trek. I kind of like this uh, spirit of discovery, inquiry, trying to figure out a, um, you know, tr- trying to figure figure all this shit out. Well, um, I think that's where the show 
kind of loses me as a Star Trek fan is it doesn't do much of that. They ha- they have their moments, like there's a big climactic moment at the end of season one where they kind of need to make a choice. Are we going to be the Federation as we understand yeah, it, or are we that. going to try and win this at all costs? Because like, I saw some heavy shit, like it looked like a whole planet got vaporized. Uh, um, yeah, I, some crazy shit happens. And I'm assuming the Klingons did that, or is that the because? Uh, because <laughs> there was an allusion to Section I, 31 in the trailer, I thought too, which is the, oh, the time travel. Oh, is that what I thought? Section 31 was like the Black Ops of Star of Starfleet. Like they're the ones that like genetically engineered yes. Bashir and like Th- they weren't also the time travel police essentially maybe the time cops they became that i don't know i don't know i i'm not up on my time cop uh uh-huh. stories uh-huh but yeah the the i know there was talk at least mm-hmm. at the very least of planets being destroyed uh but i like those moments i love those moments that's the thing that yeah. is star trek to me is the the i guess just the questioning of where we draw the lines on certain things and mm-hmm. why we prize the things we prize and what the value of those things are and this leans much farther than like a tng or original series into the action Mm. uh genre yeah and that's okay but star trek is something that you don't see often on television yeah star trek as i know it and to kind of push that into the background to yeah, the utopian the like uh, some broader draw Mm -hmm. yeah it it's disappointing to me i wish i don't i don't know why they because it seems like the X-Files is like the perfect paradigm for this. Like have your myth arc, like war plot lines, but then also have these like kind of like standalone adventures of the week where you can go and find some weird alien thing uh, and make mm-hmm. make contact with it or, you know, find a primitive civilization that you study and you try not to violate the prime directive. Like that's I, mean, I think you can do both. And I'm not you I, can. I'm not sure why they decided to go like tightly serialize this. Although I guess when there's an actual galaxy-spanning war, then that kind of focuses you focuses you up, and you don't. Yeah, I mean, Deep Space Nine had almost none of those. Yeah, just standalone discovery. Right. And they were all kind of like very early on in the season. But I mean, that show Se- was set, rather. you know, in a place where you couldn't do much exploration. Right? Yeah, the DMZ is <laughs> everything a start. you were going to discover yeah. was going to come to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of military stuff, um, so the reason that Enterprise didn't take place, didn't take part of the Klingon Federation War is because it was on its five-year mission in the outer reaches of the galaxy, and they're too far away to get back, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, But they mentioned, like, well, the Enterprise was meant to be a weapon of last resort. What the fuck does that mean? Did the Enterprise single-handedly win the war against the Klingons? It's a doomsday weapon? What the fuck? Was absolutely side eyeing that comment. I mean, you can't. What do... difference will one starship make, no matter how powerful? Yeah, like maybe weapon of last gasp from Hell's Gate. I spit at thee, but it's not the same fucking thing. Yeah, there, and that's like I. That's the thing that kept driving me crazy. It's, it's just like we we're talking about with um, the glass last night. Like you've got a lot of effort and you've done a lot of good stuff. Just like, man, sweat the details, please. Yeah, just a please. few tweaks here or there. Like, you didn't have to say he's a weapon of last resort. The fact that he's out on the outer rim of the galaxy on his five-year exploratory mission and they literally couldn't get back at maximum warp to affect the war. I mean, I think that's kind of dumb because 
how how do you know how long the war is going to last? <laughs> right, right. Start back. Yeah, because things are going badly, and we might be able to hold out until you. Yeah, get here. it's not like a last. It's more of like for want of a nail, you didn't have the shoe. For want of a shoe, you didn't have a horse. For want of a horse, you lost a rider. For loss of a rider, you lost mm. a war. Like gotcha. it's got like yeah, maybe yeah. it could turn the tide at a battle here or there. But like, yeah, I don't know what military organization and Starfleet is. A military organization wouldn't at, you know be like you know what, fuck it. Do you, you know uh, you got your five year mission and uh, we got our five month war here and just it's not the scheduling it's just the scheduling is not going to work out <laughs> right and you can still do the things of like um you, you know uh like you know everyone could feel real conflicted about being stuck out there in his research mission when everybody's dying back at home and your way of life like there's a, all that stuff could still be explored it's just it's, uh, it seems like a less stupid. If, if if you spend some time and actually thought like, OK, why? How could we engineer something like that? Or I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I will say that I don't know that the plot of the show has ever been its strongest suit. Uh, I really enjoy some of the interactions of certain characters with others. Yeah. Um, like I said, the the ex chief engineer mm-hmm. uh, has always been awesome. Uh, Michael has been awesome. I actually really liked Jason Isaacs in the first season. Hmm. Uh, but I think captain pike might actually be even an upgrade from that yeah well because like how long can you have like a captain with question loyal questionable yeah. loyalties like that wasn't a stable situation to be in anyway that's true um, uh so i i mean i like a lot of the stuff that they've got at the core of this thing they just in my opinion have maybe leaned too far to trying to find a new audience huh but you know i'm i'm not here to tell them their business model yeah I'm simply here to report on what I think about the show they've made. What, can you tell me, like, is this like in terms of military strength? What's the discovery like? Is it like, uh, is it like a re- like like the you know the Defiant, for example, was uh, pound for pound like like one of the scrappier ships, but it also yeah. was so small that like uh, whereas like um, you know the Galaxy class starship was the flagship of the Federation, presumably amongst its stronger ships and Voyager mm-hmm. was like kind of medium weight, like more designed for speed than anything. Like what's yeah. the discovery obviously has that recent experimental spore drive. Does it still use that? Uh, nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. That's not really a thing anymore. Okay. Um, I wondered because it looked like they were doing conventional warp. They weren't yes. doing that upside down twist thing anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, that's a big part of season one. So I don't want to say how it happens. Uh-huh. I will just say they're not using that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, Maybe they'll get back to it. I don't know. Okay. But my impression of the discovery is that it is more of a science vessel because every time I've seen it come up against some some challenge of might, uh-huh. it pretty much loses. Huh. Like I've I've seen it take out Klingons, but I've seen it do it through sneakier means. Mm-hmm. Um, it it tends to not stand up well to to these you know types of encounters like it had with the asteroid well, it seems like the spore drive is designed for like hit and run yeah like absolutely. you just you hit them it, more. it's more of a research vessel like they were right d- tr- just experimenting with the spore drive like trying to figure it out yeah 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 yeah. and it's become one of the most important ships in the fleet simply because of the drive but it's weapons i don't i don't think it's that powerful Can, you, you can't tell me why they stopped using the spore drive I mean, sure, I could spoil it. Yeah, yeah go for it, because I'm, uh, I'm probably not going to go back and watch season one at this point. So it was having all kinds of bad effects on... So so what happened is the chief engineer basically tethered himself to the drive because he figured it out, oh, this needs a navigator, basically. And we've got this crazy... Like in like in a Frank Herbert Dune situation? Like you have to mind meld I, with the... Like, I what couldn't the fuck tell the, you. The, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I've never interacted with Dune. Uh, so they had this crazy, like, 
bug creature thing huh. that was p- connected to that. And so yeah. it was their navigator at first, but uh-huh. then that thing... They felt real bad about doing the horrible things they were doing to it because oh. it was causing it pain and stuff. Okay. So this chief engineer figures out, hey, I can connect myself to it and I can be the navigator. It Kill you know, him, takes toll, like, yeah. takes a toll on him. Like, uh-huh. no, the, the chief engineer, his lover died, not oh. the, or his partner died. Okay. Not, okay. Like, he's always been the chief engineer. Oh, okay. Okay. So it was doing bad things to him. He had this one last jump that he was going to do and it basically, uh, he did the jump and then somehow they lost their supply of the spores that mm. they were using to fuel the drive. Mm. So I don't think they have any spores. And I think he has since disconnected himself from the system mm. and is just like, no, nah, I'm, I'm done with that. Hmm. Cause so, it um, damn near killed him. He was in a coma for a so while. It's not like, cause I thought maybe it's like, you remember there was, um, I forget what the deals, but late stage TNG, there was like, uh, an environmental kind of plot line where they realized the warp drive was actually ripping holes in space time. And that they had to like they instituted like a speed limit or you couldn't exceed warp six (laughs) because it stresses the field and like that just completely got dropped. Like they're trying to do I think it's almost like a a, a, like like a fuel efficiency cafe standards like, hey, we might have to drive slower to get where, you know, except for emergencies and all that. And they just I I wondered, like, is the spore drive like ripping holes in time and space? I mean, did they try firing a tachyon pulse into those holes? They should have. They should have or or flipped the inverted the the polarity of the uh, uh, The navigation deflector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. They didn't try to. You know what? They got rid of Wesley, and all those solutions yeah. went out the went out the, 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 the went out the airlock. Yep. Uh, I, I do think that I'm going to keep you know uh, watching the episodes as they come out. Like if yeah, we'll probably be back in what eight ten weeks. However, however long the see the season is. Oh, you don't want to give like periodic. It. I think we should like if we're, maybe give. I don't know. Eh. Let's 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 leave it loose. We got we got a lot of other stuff to cover. Sure, um, sure, sure. I know for Punisher we're going to be back at the end, right? Yeah, well, we're going to be back week, next week on Friday it. with a complete retrospective of uh, um, Punisher. Next week we'll also be talking about the documentary just dropped on Netflix, Fry or Fry Fire fire uh why we're, we're also we're also going to watch the netflix movie io right and uh then we'll have complete punisher and who knows what else we'll be we'll be checking out next week mm-hmm. uh anything else you want to talk about no that's it uh i will say that we have a um we, we have an email address for this tv at ballmove.com if you got feedback if you want to talk about punisher in particular or star trek or whatnot you can send in that we might consider it next week um, we're not, again, we're kind of like really getting loose and experimental with the spore drive. That is the bald move TV feed We're we're, we, we weren't quite happy with what we we're doing with it last year. We want to get a little bit, but we, we haven't quite got the format. So, uh, not sure how much feedback will be a part of that, but it's, you know, certainly, uh, is, is going to be some kind of part of it. Uh, so send it in, send it in. I'll, I, I, I promise to read it. Yeah. Might not, not on the air, but I, I definitely will read it. And if it's, it, it just provokes some interesting conversation stuff, then uh, we'll pull it in. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.